Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. It's great to be back. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, my name is Nathan. I'm the lead pastor here, and I've been away the last couple Sundays. Had a couple Sundays off, which was great. Enjoying the sun, just spending some time with our family. And actually, last week I got to go and visit another church in town, which is always fun when you're a pastor. Uh, it's hard to describe the feeling when you walk into a church and you're like, oh, there are those people that left. And, uh, I, you know, no, there, were, there weren't many. There weren't many. So I'm walking in kind of nervously, kind of sitting at the back. And then, of course, the pastor's up there preaching, recognize me. You know, we're friends. And it's like, oh, and I'm just making notes, you know, making them look awkward. And, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was cool. I can, I can tell you with confidence that God is at work not just here but in lots of churches around our city, and uh, it's great to be in partnership with, with so many great men of God, women of God, people of God all around our community. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's great to see some of the teens in the front row. That's awesome. I see you guys found the chocolates. Uh, we've been putting chocolates in the front two rows to encourage people, you know, to come up to the front. Uh, it is the best place to be, and, you know, you reward people, and it's, uh, it's wonderful. So uh, 19 years ago today, I and my wife Jessica were preparing to get married, crazy to think it's been that long, but 19 years ago, uh, we were getting ready for a September wedding, so we were in full tilt wedding planning mode, or I should say my wife was in full tilt planning mode. She had a binder, she had a checklist, she was organizing the caterer and the food and the decorations and all of the stuff that had to happen. Uh, She was so great, and she gave me really two responsibilities, Uh, two. uh, One of them was to help pay for everything, which which made sense, and I was happy to do that because I could do that and a lot of the other things you wouldn't want me doing. Uh, the other thing that she tasked me with doing was um, paying for and planning our honeymoon, which at first I thought, oh, that's fun. I get the fun job. And with about a couple of months left to go towards our wedding, I still didn't have the money for the honeymoon and I did not have a plan. And so with each passing week, I was getting nervous. And so on this one particular day, my, my father and I drove into the city. We used to drive into Toronto to work. We worked in a large factory. And so after the long commute, I kind of woke up in the car and kind of stumbled in. We're in a factory of about 50 workers, people all working, you know, listening to the radio. And we go down the hall, and my dad had an office, and so we kind of sat down in the office, and one of the guys from the factory came running in. He said, Nathan, the game show, because they all listened, there was a game they played on the radio, and the computer would generate a name, and if you called in, you were the seventh caller or whatever it was, then you could win prizes. So they're like, the name game, and they came running in and said, they just said, Nathan, call in, you can win a prize. And I'm like... I don't even know what you're talking about. He said, here. And the guy dials the number and hands me the handset. Ring, beep, 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 beep. I said, oh, it's busy. He said, just keep hitting redial. So I'm sitting in the office, half asleep, hitting redial for no reason. And, uh, and of course, what, what I didn't know was someone had already, because, I mean, the whole city of Toronto was listening to this radio station trying to win prizes, and someone named Nathan had already called in, had already won, been told what the prize was, and everyone stopped calling And then at the end of the whole spiel, after like five minutes with the DJs, they ask the guy how old he is, and he's like, I'm 16. And they're like, I'm sorry, you have to be 18 to win the prize. We're going back to the lines. And I'm sitting there, redial, redial, redial. So all of a sudden, the phone goes click. Hey, it's so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so. You're on the air. Hi. (laughs) They're like, you won. You're the guy. And I'm like, uh... 
great. This is a moment of silence. The DJs are like, aren't you excited? And I'm totally bluffing at this point because I have no idea what's coming. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm excited. More awkward silence. Okay, stay on the line. We're going to transfer. And they kind of moved on with their show because I was not helping their, sh- their ratings at all. Um, so they kind of moved on, and I talked to this lady, gave her all my information. And while I'm talking to this lady, I'm trying to ask her without seeming dumb. <laughs> Can you tell me more about the prize I just won? Because I didn't know what I won. She's like, oh, you just won an all-inclusive trip for two to the Caribbean. All, you know, four and a half star resort. All stuff. And she's telling me, you know, travel and all this stuff. Now I'm excited, right? Now I'm excited. And, and I remember walking out of the office, and I'm walking through the factory, and all the guys who've been listening to the show didn't know it was me. And they're like, did you hear that moron? He wasn't excited. They're all talking about me. They didn't even realize it was me. So I'm like walking through the shop, and I'm in shock. And finally, I called Jessica at my break, and, and I told her, I'm like, guess what? That one box I had to check, it's checked. Thank you, Jesus, Right? Because honestly, if, if God hadn't have done that for me, we would have probably gone to Marineland or something. <laughs> it's always a safe bet. Everyone loves Marineland. Actually, I checked the reviews last night. They don't. They don't. Um, over the next three weeks, I'll, I want to talk uh, a little message series called Pack Your Bags. Pack Your Bags. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how to prepare, how to prepare for what's next. Because honestly, as we move through life, we go through seasons, we go through times. We go through changes, and we continue to move forward, and with each passing season, there are changes that are required, and as we move forward, we have to ask the question, what's next, and how do we prepare for it? Now, sometimes we know what's coming next. If you're currently in grade eight or you've just graduated, then you know what's next. It's called high school, and you're about to go from being the top dog, you know, the one everyone looks up to, to the bottom rung grade niner, right? Like that's the transition. And you're probably excited about it and maybe even just a little nervous because it's a big change. For some of you, maybe you're about to go off to college university and it's exciting because you're going to have your own place. You're going to move to a new place, but you're also leaving your family and friends behind and it's exciting, but just a little bit scary. Maybe for some of you, what's next is a wedding and you're in the middle of that crazy wedding planning thing. I don't want to go back there. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe for some of you, what's next is a baby. And you're anticipating the change that a baby will bring. I'll tell you, it brings a lot of change. Maybe for some of you, what's next is another baby or another baby, right? They just kind of keeps happening, right? Maybe for you, what's next is a new career or maybe empty nest, right? Some of you, your, your kids have been the center of your world for 20 or 30 years and all of a sudden, a change is coming and you see it coming and you're not sure For the first time in a long time, it's just going to be the two of you, or maybe it's just going to be you on your own, and you're like, am I ready for this? Have I packed my bags? Am I prepared for what's next? Maybe what's next for you is retirement. Maybe there's something coming, and you see it coming, and you're excited about it, but with every change, there's stress, isn't there? There's anxiety because you're not sure if you're ready. You're not sure how it will all go, and so even though you see what's next, it's a little scary. But for others, there are some things in our lives that happened to us that we didn't see coming. Maybe some of you, you go into into work one day and the boss says, the company's closing. And and that's been your place of employment and you've been faithful to them and the market's changed and something's happened. Maybe you get a call from the doctor, we found something. You don't prepare, you don't plan for these things. You don't see them coming, they just happen, right? You lose a loved one, a spouse, an illness. Or maybe something good happens but you didn't see it coming and the change just throws your world into a little bit of chaos, It's no wonder people in our world are so filled with stress and anxiety. 
the future is often uncertain. And so today I want to talk about how to pack our bags, how to prepare for whatever's coming. Whether you see it coming, whether you don't, how can we, is there anything we can do right now to prepare for what is ahead? And so here's the question I want to ask. Is there something that we can do right now to prepare for what's next? Is there something that you and I can do right now to prepare for what's next? And as you pack your bags and as you think about preparing yourself for the next season, whatever it brings, what are some things that you and I can do right now? Here's a couple things I need you to know. Number one, knowing what's next does not necessarily mean that you'll be prepared for it. All right? As you pack your bag for what is ahead, there's no guarantee that you'll have packed all the right things. All right? Uh, I had no idea that that phone call was going to happen, that I was going to win that trip. But then I had months to prepare for the trip. And my wife and I were extremely excited about it. We were preparing to go to the Caribbean. And so I was responsible for packing my bag and she packed hers. Uh, You can guess who forgot stuff. It was me. Uh, So I packed, you know, my shorts. Everybody needs a pair of pink shorts. Uh, You know, packed a Hawaiian shirt you know, for the Caribbean, sunglasses and toiletries. And I mean, I, I thought I had done a good job uh, for a guy with a list. <laughs> and then we get to the Caribbean and we get to the resort and I open my bag and I start unloading and I realize um, that I forgot to pack sandals. So I spent my honeymoon wearing a pair of brown leather shoes everywhere. I want to talk about looking like a tourist, you know. It's... Uh, just because I knew it was coming did not mean, dropping my clothes everywhere, did not mean that I was particularly prepared for it. And that's true. Just because you know college is coming, just because you know a baby is coming doesn't mean that you're prepared. So is there something you can do right now to prepare for the next season? I think the answer is certainly yes. The other thing we need to understand is that um, the most significant thing that you will pack for the future, the most significant thing that you will prepare for the future is actually you. It's you. Because wherever you go, you are. Have you noticed this? I mean, the the way that you think right now, you will still be thinking that way six months from now, more than likely, unless something changes, right? Uh, The way uh, that you handle money will be the way that you will handle money in the future. The things that you do, the habits that you have today, unless they're radically changed, they will be the habits that you will have six months from now. The relationships that you're investing in now will be the relationships that will bless you down the road or curse you. So, so you, as you are right now, are, will carry with you into the future. Your strengths and weaknesses, all of it will be there six months from now. In fact, we could say this, that this season that you're currently in is a great predictor of where you'll be in the next season. Because you're here and you'll be there. So no matter how many tools, how many tricks, how much money you have, how many friends you have, I mean, you are the one constant in your life that goes with you at every stage. And so uh, we want to make sure that we're working on us. Well, today, uh, as we enter into this series, I want to focus in on the words of James. Now, James was the brother of Jesus, and he's going to say something powerful in his letter to the early churches that I think is really able to help us. And he says this, that if a person will take his advice in this season, if you will do what he's going to tell us to do today, it will bless you tomorrow. That if you listen to what he says, and if you do it, then the next season of your life, he says, will be blessed. A person who will do what I say today will be blessed. This is James 1, verse 25. Will be blessed in his or her 
doing. Now, we're going to go back to see what exactly it is he's going to tell us to do so that we can be blessed in the next season of our life. But what he's saying is there's something you and I can do today that will prepare us for tomorrow. There's something you and I can do today that will bring blessing into our lives tomorrow. And one of the best habits that you and I can have that will prepare us for tomorrow is to listen and apply what we hear. Here's how he says it, James chapter 1, verse 22. He says this, but be doers of the word and not, what's that say? Hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now, what you have to understand is in those days, um, the, the people that living in, in Israel at that time did not have a Bible like you and I have. They couldn't sit at home and read the Bible unless they were extremely rich, okay? They didn't have a Bible that they could look at like this. They didn't have a Bible app because there were no phones, all right? And so there were, there were hand-copied scrolls in the synagogues and in, in places of power, and people would go and listen to someone read it, and they would hear it, and they would hear what God had said through the Scriptures, and then they would have to go and do something with it. Now, of course, we can take it with us. You can read it at home. You can read it anywhere you want, but the same rule applies. If we don't do something with what we hear, if we don't act on the things that we're learning, James says you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. See, I think sometimes we give ourselves credit for showing up, right? Like we come to church and we're like, I heard a great sermon today. It was inspirational. Did you do anything with it? That's the question. I was, while I was on holidays, I listened last week, Todd spoke, fantastic message, Kirk spoke a couple weeks ago, awesome stuff, and as I was listening, I'm thinking, man, if, if, if we could just, as a church, if we could just hear what they said and do it, imagine the life change that could happen. James says, if you hear it, but you don't do it, you're deceiving yourself, because the truth is, and this is the simple truth that James is trying to communicate, hearing the truth is only helpful if we act on it. You know that's true, right? Like knowing stuff doesn't help unless you do it. Let's talk about diet and exercise. I've read a lot of books on nutrition. I know the proper form for lifting weights and doing all of these things. I mean, I've studied macronutrients and read about all the different types of diets and high-performance athletes. I know what a high-performance athlete knows. You know what the problem is? I like ice cream. <laughs> The, the difference between me and a high-performance athlete is they get up at 6 and go running, and then they hit the gym, and they lift weights, and then they eat avocados, and I'm sitting at home going, a muffin works really, really nicely for me, right? So there's a, there's a vast difference, not in what we know, but in what we do. There's the difference. When I was a kid, people are always trying to find complicated, easy ways to lose weight. You know it's true. When I was a kid, I watched diet fad after diet fad. Most of them were crazily unhealthy, but people kept trying stuff to lose weight in an easy but complicated way. One of them was the cabbage diet. Yeah, some of you, you remember that? Here's the idea. You can eat as much cabbage as you want. 10 pounds a day. Your stomach can be like out to here with cabbage and you'll lose weight. And then I thought to myself, who would want to live with the person on the cabbage diet? You know what I'm talking about? Cra- you know... I used to work with a guy, and he says, I got a diet for you. Eat less, do more. Simple, not easy. Simple, not easy. You know, when I open the Bible and I read what it says, it's not the complicated stuff that scares me. It's the simple stuff that I do understand. It's like, ah, right? Jesus says, hey, you want to have good relationships? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Like, that's so simple. Yeah, but it's not easy. 
And it's the stuff I understand that scares me most, right? Saving and investing. People are like, I don't have a degree in finance. I don't understand the stock market. Spend less than you make. That's the place to start. 90% of the population can't figure that out. It's not complicated, but it's also not easy. And sometimes it's the simple things. James says, look, you're deceiving yourself if you think you can find a way around this. When you hear the truth, you've got to act on it. When you know the truth, you have to do something with it or it doesn't benefit you. Does this make sense to anybody? This is true of our faith. The Bible is so simple. It's like, trust God and obey him. But I haven't been to theology class. Open the book, obey him, and go out and do what it says. Yeah, but I don't understand the Greek and the Hebrew. Do what it says. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's not hard to understand. It's hard to do. Anybody agree with me? All right. Is this hurting anybody like it's hurting me? <laughs> All right. So James says, look, hearing the truth is only helpful if we act on it. He continues in verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, so he's like, if there's a person in this room, and let's be honest, it's all of us at times, we open this book and we know what God says, we know how we should live, we know the things we should do, and we look at it and we go, ah, I'm not really, and he says, if someone looks, if somebody knows, if somebody hears but doesn't do, he's going to give us an analogy that I think is super helpful for us. He says this, if somebody is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man or a woman, it's more, actually more likely a woman. You'll see where this is going. Uh, it's, it's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. So he says, this, you know, my guess is that every single person in this room before you came today, you looked in a mirror. That's just my guess. I'm pretty confident that you guys did not look this good when you woke up. It's true. I mean, you got up this morning and at some point you looked in the mirror and went... Ooh, there's sleep in my eyes, there's, you know, toothpaste on my cheek from last night, and you brush or wet your hair or have a shower and you brush your teeth, and you kind of put on clothes and go, does that, does that coordinate? Does that look right? If you're like me, you have to ask somebody else, does this look right? And, and so you're, you do all of this work in preparation, you know, to go out into the world and to do your thing. And James says, look, it's, it's like this. It's like, can you imagine somebody so silly that would look in the mirror, they're about to go on a date, and there's a big blueberry stuck in between their tooth, and then they just walk out the door, <laughs> hey, and, and, and go on their day. Like, nobody does that. Nobody here does that. No woman gets up and has her hair sticking out like this and makeup smudged on her face and goes, and just walks out and goes, I'm going to church. You don't. You look at it and you go, something needs to change. You look at it and you, there's a response that's required when you see in the mirror. James says, someone who, who hears the word, who knows what this says but doesn't do it, is like a person who looks in the mirror, sees something wrong, and then walks away. He looks at himself, verse 24, and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. See, here's the, here's the truth. A mirror requires a response. The whole point of a mirror is so you can look and see and react and change and modify your appearance so that you're ready. And I can tell you how long you looked at the mirror today until it got better. Right? Isn't that? I mean, you, you looked at the mirror, you make adjustments, and this all makes sense. And you go out the door, and you're ready for your work, you're ready for church, you're ready for your friends. Um, this, is, this is so simple. We all get this, right? But here's, here's the point. None of us would think about leaving our house without adjusting our exterior appearance by looking in the mirror. But how many times do we leave without adjusting our heart? 
without preparing ourselves, without packing our bags for what the day will bring. And, and, so, and so we prepare our outward appearance, but we don't do the hard work of preparing our heart. We, don't, we look at this and we go, oh, we know that's true, but I'm not going to do it today. It's absolutely silly, but we do it. And, and here's the funny thing. For most of us, we probably made the worst decision of our lives and we had great hair. And so we want to do the work of examining our heart and opening up this book and looking and saying, what needs to, what needs to change? A mirror requires a response. And here's the thing. Nobody, nobody gets credit for looking in the mirror. If you're going to work and you have this big meeting with an important client and you come in and your collar's turned up and there's mustard across your dress shirt, someone in the office can be like, you're not going in there like that. What are you talking about? You look terrible. It's like, oh, it's okay. I looked in the mirror. It requires, they're like, no, 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 I know you looked at it, but you got to do something about it. And so this is true in our lives, that we don't get credit for looking in the mirror, we've got to do something. James says, look, anybody who sees something that's wrong, if you open this book and you go, oh, my heart's wrong, and you are unwilling to do something about it, it's craziness. It's craziness. It's like going out with a streak of mascara across your face. Nobody, nobody would do it. So when we see something, we must address it. Here's the point. If you're doing that now, if you're seeing, if you know the truth and you're not acting on it now, you'll probably do that later as well. If in this season of your life, if today you're ignoring what God has said, you'll probably ignore what God has said tomorrow. When does every single diet start? Tomorrow. Come on, you guys should know this, right? After Christmas, right? The, the diet always starts tomorrow. Uh, and here's the thing, is we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves when we say, you know what, someday when I have a lot of money, I'll be generous. Well, no, actually generous people are generous people. If they have a little, they find little ways to be generous. If they have a lot, they find big ways to be generous. But a generous person is a generous person. If you want to be a generous person, you don't have to wait till you have a six-figure income. You find ways to be generous today. You see it, you react in some way today. People say, oh, when I get married, I'll be faithful. I will control myself. I'll be a one-eyed person, you know, one love. Well, you start that when you're single. You start practicing that, and then it prepares you for the next season of your life called marriage. People say, oh, someday I'm going to forgive. Really? Well, what's going to change tomorrow from today? Why not start forgiving today, and it will prepare you to forgive tomorrow? It's our obedience to God in the little things that actually prepares us for obedience to God in the big things. And, and James says, look, you're, you're fooling yourself if you think the future is, 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 is going to be better if you're not willing to do what it takes today. Is this making sense to anybody? And so he continues in verse 25, and he says this, but, but, this is where things turn a corner. He says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, he's talking about the, you know, the scriptures, the words that God has spoken to his people. Now, when you open up this book, James is comparing this to a mirror. He's saying that what happens when you look into this book, it's like looking into a mirror. See if I can get some light and shine that in your eyes. It's not working. But you, I can see my reflection in this cheap tinfoil. I can see, but it literally, the, the Bible is like a mirror. So when I open the book and I start reading, I see what's wrong. I look at it and I see what's wrong with my heart. When I was a new Christian, I thought I was like David and Peter. When I was, when I was a, when a new Christian, I was like, I'm like David. I'm going to lead the charge. I'm going to take down Goliath. I'm going to lead the nation to victory. 
And of course, over time, I've per- persevered in opening this book and looking at it and saying, God, show me the imperfections in my heart. And what I've realized is I'm actually, there's little bits of Saul in me. If you know the story of, of David and Goliath, Saul was the king and he was the guy that should have led the charge and fought Goliath. He had custom fitted armor. He was a man of war. And he sends a teenage boy out to do his job, tries to put his armor like, yeah, yeah, you go do it. And when I look at the Bible and I open it up, I see, oh my goodness, there's a little Saul in me that wants to send someone else to do my responsibility. They go, oh, maybe, maybe there's something that needs to change. It's like a mirror. I'm looking at it, right? This is why we open this book. This is why we show up at church, because you're going to hear something, and you're going to see a reflection of your heart, and there's an adjustment that needs to be made. I used to think I was like Peter, stepping out of the boat, walking on water, leading everybody by faith. And now sometimes I'm reading, and I'm like, oh, you know those Pharisees? I think I have a lot in common with them. Because the Pharisees wanted Jesus to modify himself to fit in with their group rather than them change to be with Jesus. And there's parts of me that's like, you know, Jesus, if you could just come over here and do it my way. And he's like, no. And as I look into this book and I reflect on what he says, my heart is reflected and it requires a response. And it requires a response from you. This is the process of opening this book, this mirror. He calls it the perfect law, the law of liberty. Because here's the thing. When we open it up and when we hear his truth and respond, it actually brings freedom and liberty to us. When we look at it and go, hey, when you become a generous person, it doesn't just benefit the people around you. It benefits you, right? When you are faithful in your relationships, it doesn't just benefit the people around you. It benefits you. It sets you free. When you tell the truth, even when it hurts, It brings freedom to you. And so when we look in this mirror and we make the adjustments, God does his work in us. So the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, literally who who bends and stoops down to really examine closely. Sometimes you look in the mirror and go, hey, I look pretty good. And then you get close and there's a nose hair sticking out, right? And there's something you didn't see. You get up close like, ah, what? Right? And that's what he's talking about. When you open up the Bible, it's not just like, oh, yeah, yeah, love your neighbor. It's like, no, when you really begin to look at it, when you, when you get really close and you examine the truth carefully, you will begin to find things that you did not see at first. It's true. So he says, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts. So now we're talking about a person who looks into the God's word, the mirror, the true mirror, the perfect law, and then perseveres in it, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts. He says this person will be blessed in what he does. The best thing you can do and I can do to prepare for what's next is to open this book and allow God to change us now. Because whatever he does in us now will not only prepare us for what's next, but will carry it with us into what's next. Does that make sense? So whether you know what's next or not, there's something you can do today. This is so important, too, because um, being a doer now is preparation for being a doer later. If you can open up this book and begin to change today, you'll be able to do it tomorrow. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus echoes these same sentiments. I wanted to to read this. Many of you will be familiar with this, but Jesus is telling um, a little story. And in verse 24, he says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and what? And does them. Not who hears them and understands them. Not who hears them and memorizes them. You can memorize scripture and it not be helpful. He says, he who hears my words and... That was very powerful, the way you guys jumped in on that, does them. He who hears my words and does them, thank you, okay, will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And 
in a following season, the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on a rock. Do you think the person that built that house in, in this analogy knew a storm was coming? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they knew what was coming, maybe they didn't, but they did what was right. They heard the word and they acted on it, and he says, they're like a person who builds their house on the rock. And so then when the rainy season comes, their life is not destroyed because they did what was right beforehand. Is that making sense? So what you do today will prepare you for whatever is ahead, specifically when you hear and obey God's word. So here's where I want to conclude. What you do now, you will very likely do later. So when do you think is the time to start changing? Now, now would be the time, today, not tomorrow, okay? If you're going to start a diet, start it after church, okay? If you're going to start, if there's something God's been speaking to you about, challenging your heart, something you know you ought to do, when should you do it? Now, today, not tomorrow, okay? Um, And so here's a couple questions to help um, to reflect as we close. What are you doing right now that you shouldn't do? Maybe something comes to mind. And maybe you tell yourself you won't do it later, but you're doing it now and you know you shouldn't. Or here's another question. What are you not doing now that you should do? That you tell yourself you'll do later. James says if you're not willing to do it today, you're deceiving yourself. And you may not be ready for what's next. Your life literally could come tumbling down later because of what you didn't do today. Does this make sense? James says he who hears the words and does them. Hears the words and does them. See, it's, it's doing, not hearing, that makes the difference in your life. Isn't that true? Doing, not knowing, will determine whether you're prepared for what comes next. And so, um, the best application I can give you for this today as I close is simply this. If there's one thing, don't, don't try to fix your whole life, because as I think about my life, there's 50 things I need to work on, but if there's one thing that God is speaking to your heart right now, that you need to stop doing or start doing or change the way you think about or repent or forgive. If there's one thing that's coming to your mind today as I'm preaching, do it. As Nike says, just do it. Don't wait. Don't make excuses. Do something about it. And if you're willing to do something about it now, you will be blessed in everything that you do. The blessing in your next season may very well depend on your obedience today. Can I pray? Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.